created live on Fireside. There he is. Welcome, Luke. Folks, it's such a pleasure to be with you here at our usual time, being a Tuesday, here of our Lord, the 25th of October, 2022, from South Africa. My name is Chris Snell. Across from me, the Bell of the South, Daniela Park, and this is Doing It Sober Live. Before we get to the guest, we'd like to remind our audience members, if you'd like to participate in a Q&A with any of our guests, you're more than welcome to. It's like a call-in radio show, the only difference is... Larry King is no longer with us. So with that, Luke is with us in the audience. Let's introduce him. Let me just paraphrase a couple of things. For both constituents of normality and early recovery, let's be honest here, it's an unpopular war. In the big book, a passage has even been dedicated as to how simpler times may have been, that is, when the sanity of the first drink was the order of the day. Now, with the last couple of years especially, all barriers have been stripped and deeds laid bare. Settle, settle, don't get any ideas. Now, an uncertain future looms on the horizon, although that notion, rather, should be replaced with the beauty of the savannah as to indicate what potential is to be found. But, like building a muscle, or even in today's world of small businesses building a brand, the keys to success, according to the Australian rugby union coach and omnipresent commentator Alan Jones, the keys to success are the three Ps. Pressure, 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 or as I was taught, proper planning prevents poor performance. You can pick which one's most appropriate to you. Luke Zurato, a rising Canadian hobby athlete, understands this very well, not only in his athletics, but as well as in life. Having achieved sobriety since the year of our Lord 2016, Luke today is a doting family man, as well as a devotee to his well-being. He chats to us about his history with AUD and how his devotion to running has aided his recovery. Luke, welcome. Thank you so much. Well, that was beautifully uh, read and written. Did you, did you write that, Chris? Daniela? That was very nice. I did. Well I did. done. It's a pleasure to have you. <laughs> well done. Yeah, no, it was not me. <laughs> No, that that's why I picked Chris to be my my yeah. partner in crime. You know, yeah, that's great. Make make a good team, right? And so I can't say no to that face. We do. So to answer your question, I'm from Toronto, Canada. Oh, wonderful, wonderful home to one of the best He's radio dealers. All, all our Canadian friends. Yeah, have Oops, you had a lot of uh, Canadian guests recently? Quite a lot. Yeah, we've had a lady yeah, on from. She began in Montreal, but uh, resides in Toronto currently. Her name is Alex Talbot. We've had Jay Barnard. Oh, yes, I, also know from, I know Alex. Uh, we've uh, also had Jay Barnard, but he hails from uh, Kenora in Ontario, which is about an hour away from Toronto. Yes. So we've had yep. quite a couple. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Well, again, thank you. Thank you for having me. Only a pleasure. Yeah. Only a pleasure. So... Where did it all start? Like, what uh, were you an alcoholic and a drug addict, or were you just an alcoholic? So i I've kind of gone back and forth with that. Um, at first, in my recovery, oh. I would say I was an alcoholic, but the more mm -hmm. I've kind of gone through the process uh, in recovery, um, you know, it's been it's been this December will be six years. I, I don't I don't say that I'm an alcoholic. Um, thank you. 
it's gone by so fast and slow at the same time. It's been so weird. But um, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't label myself as an alcoholic. Um, I label mm-hmm. myself as someone who struggles with AUD, which is alcohol use disorder. So I never, you know, I never, oh. I never craved alcohol. Like I could, I could go a long time back in my drinking days. Uh, you know, I've retired from my uh, drinking career. I had a, I peaked early in my drinking career, so I've, so I've since retired. But, um, but yeah, I never like when I was drinking. I never, I never craved alcohol. Like you know, if I had a tough day at school or tough day at work, where I would come home and I and I just needed to have a drink, or if I was watching a game, you know, I needed to have a drink. For me, it was like more of a usage use disorder. So when I started, like when I would have one, when I would have two. It was just a, it was a really slippery slope and it was a dangerous game. And I just never knew, um, you know, what drunk version of myself I would get, right. They weren't all Mm -hmm. bad nights or bad episodes or blackouts. Not every single time I had a beer, it would, it would lead to 12, but there was a good chance more than, you know, 40%, close to 50% at a social event, Mm -hmm. you know, a party, a wedding, you know, a large gathering that uh, I just I just didn't know how to control it. Like I would just, you know, I had no off switch. So I would start and I just, yeah. I, you know, my nights would often end in, in blackout or, um, you know, just running out of alcohol or just, you know, just waking up the next morning, just being like, you know, w- w- what did I do? What did I say? So, so that's kind of why I don't really label myself as an alcoholic. Maybe to some that is an alcoholic, but for me it was just sure. alcohol use disorder kind of resonated a bit better with me. Oh, well, tomato, tomato, so potato, potato. What's that? Sorry. <laughs> when when did it become a problem where you said, hi, Justin, uh, when you said, okay, I just want to not do this anymore. Like what happened basically? Yeah. So, you know, I've had, um, you know, looking back, you know, I've had a lot of different phases in my kind of drinking career, as I like to say, right. You know, in my teens, I felt like it was just about, you know, fitting in. Right. Um, so drinking was, uh, you know, very normal. So I didn't, you know, just regular party stuff. And then I would say my twenties, I was kind of, you know, finding myself, getting my confidence. And I was just, you know, realizing pretty quickly, you know, in university in my early twenties that I wasn't doing much, uh, much socially without alcohol, mm-hmm. you know, parties, uh, just gatherings or w- whatever the case was. I just, I always found myself drinking. And again, I, I, I didn't really think of it as a problem uh, in my 20s. Right. I would say I started realizing it was a problem. Well, I mean, in my 20s too, like, you know, I had a, a girlfriends, you know, I was kind of, I had a lot of girlfriends, different girlfriends, and, mm. and we, we, we would fight a lot about my drinking. So it wasn't, it wasn't not a problem, but I didn't accept it as yeah. a problem. I didn't accept it as a problem probably until my 30s. Um, so, Mm -hmm. and that's when I was, um, that's when I was starting, that's when I got introduced to drugs. Uh, cocaine was my, was my drug of choice. So that's Mm -hmm. when things really, really escalated for me. The drinking, it's like drinking alone was not good. Like I, you know, still blackout, do a lot of stupid stuff and embarrassing and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. But it wasn't until my early thirties that I got introduced to drugs that you just, you know, I would just transform into this other, other person and, I knew that at that point, it's like, I need, to, I need to do something. And what and particularly? At that point, right? So, yeah, we got married in my, my wife and I, we've been dating since 2011. 
So mm -hmm. in in uh, April of 2011, we started dating, and uh, we got married in in September of 2016. So for those five, call it five years or so, when we were dating, I was drinking a lot, um, yeah. and it wasn't until uh, you know probably what year would that have been, you know, uh, you know a few years a few years after we started dating that I started doing drugs and. And it was just, mm -hmm. it was just a really tough, tough time for me, especially personally. And, you know, I put my wife, my girlfriend at the time through a lot, you know, yeah. dealing with somebody who's mm. struggling with drugs and mm. alcohol, it, you know, it's, I can't even imagine what that's like. Cause I was a horrible God bless boyfriend. Her soul. <laughs> and seriously, yeah. honestly, a God bless yeah. her soul. And, 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 the, and she's played such a huge part in my recovery. And I've had a lot of people. Um, you know, messaging me here and there, uh, just about about you know, you know my wife and and you know does, does she drink? Does she not drink? Because you know a lot of people are starting to know that I'm sober because I'm pretty vocal about it. And, you know, not I, I love talking about it. It's it's part of who I am. Yeah, but you're they ask me a lot. It it's like, oh, I I really enjoy it. Like and, and it does so much for my own for my own you know mindset, and my own sobriety. So they ask me a lot, like, how yeah. is it you know with your wife? Does your wife drink and all that and you know, my wife never had a problem with alcohol. You know, she never had a problem. Mm. And, and, and my recovery is, is, is a me thing, right? It's for me. It's not for her. Yeah. So she still drinks, well but, you know, you know, she still drinks, uh, but she's not a heavy drinker by any means. Like she, she hardly ever drinks, but social events, parties, weddings, she's drinking and, and she's doing shots and she's having fun. And, you know, sometimes she gets a little, yeah. you know, uh, I don't want to say carried away, but she, she, she has fun, right? She'll have like, you know, six, seven, eight. I was about to say, she's fun. But yeah, yeah she's fun. And, and she knows when that, you know, okay, it's time to go home. It's time, you know, so I would, I didn't have that. So, yeah, you know, the disease. Yeah, I feel for my wife because she was with me for so long when I was struggling and I'm just, I'm just so thankful for myself, first of all, that I was able to turn my life around. And, and for her that she's, you know, with somebody who's consistent. I think that's the theme of mm. someone who's sober is you're just consistent. When I was drinking, there yes. was, you know, like I could, I could be totally fine for a long time and then there'd just be an episode or there'd be another episode. And it's just not something I, you know, I wanted anymore. And I'm so glad that I put the work in and I did what I needed to do to be here, you know, sitting here talking, talking to you both today. What was your out of recovery? That you quit. What happened? So sorry, I, can you say it again? Sure. So it, um, I was struggling for a while, and I was really working on moderating my drinking for a long time. I got professional help. I was seeing, you know, a therapist mm -hmm. for, for some time, and it was around, you know, moderating my drinking um, because I'm, mm -hmm. you know, my background being half Italian, half French Canadian very social cultures, you know, love to entertain, you know, mm -hmm. lo love having people over, making dinner, making, you know, big events. Like they just love, that's what, that's what, that's my family. That's how I was raised, you know, mm -hmm. very social. So, yeah. um, I was, I was like, there's no way in, in, in hell I'm going to go sober. Like that was never on my mind. So when I was going through therapy, <laughs> we, we were working on controlling my drinking, right? Like this, it's funny, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was right. working on controlling you know, your controlling, drinking. Wow, that's interesting. Controlling my drinking. And I tried <laughs> for so long. I tried for so long to control my drinking. And we, and like I said, I was seeing a professional. I was investing <laughs> my time, 
Oh, I got a laugh back there. <laughs> I was investing my time. You know, I was investing, you know, my, uh, you know, financially. I was really into it. And I was like committed to like, okay, I'm going to moderate my drinking. It just, uh, it just was not, it just wasn't working out. Yeah. So when that day came, so kind of answer your question, I guess, when I, when that day came, December 31st, um, it, it was, it was like accumulation of like, I would say a good year, year and a half of really trying to focus on not drinking as much. And then it was just like, mm-hmm. it was just a couple, it was around the holidays or right? December 31st, just before New Year's, New Year's, Eve. New Year's, Eve, New Year's Eve, right? And just after Christmas, uh-huh. there was a lot of social events and I just, I had a couple of really, really bad episodes where I just woke up and I was uh, just like, wow, um, you know, wow, let's, so I, let, let me explain a little bit more. So I woke up feeling like absolute death, felt absolutely horrible, so much anxiety, so much shame. I just felt so, so bad that I woke up that morning and I, and I went on Google and I was like, I need to find another therapist and I need to see them now. And I got lucky. I Googled, you know, I live in Toronto, right? Very large city. So I go, I, somebody was working that day and I, I went to go see them. They weren't mm-hmm. far from my house. I was there within an, an hour of, of Googling this, this uh, therapist. I was at, I was at his office and it was like I said, I it was a fresh a gotcha. <laughs> honestly, it, it was like the timing, this person, it was the perfect scenario in the sense that I had, like I said, struggled for so long. So it was always in my head about things aren't working. I was to a point where I said I need another therapist. That, like it's almost like I needed another opinion. So I went to see someone else. And then yeah. just, just after we kind of had our first you know, discussion and getting to know each other, we went deep right away. And he looked at me the way no one has ever looked at me before. Um, and he just said, you know, Luke, you could never be drinking again. And just those words, no, nobody had ever said that to me, nobody. And people knew I was struggling friends, my wife or my girlfriend at the time, like so many people knew I was struggling, but no one ever said that. And the way he said it in the moment, again, I was coming off of of a bender. I I was probably very, you know, emotional. Like I was, I was in the right mindset. And uh, in that, even in that moment, I was debating him. I was debating him and I was saying like, are you crazy? My exact words, I think were, are you crazy? I just told you I'm, I'm half Italian, half French Canadian. Like, just that, that won't fly. There's no way. I, there's no way I can not drink. I need to. I need to like figure out this. Mo- and the way he said it, anyways. We finished the session. I went back to my car, and I and I started mm-hmm. crying. I just could not sure. stop crying because I knew that what this man was saying, he was right. So that's when the kind of journey started. That like again, I you know the thought of never drinking again still scares me. Like I, I never say I'm never drinking again. It's terrifying, but, yeah. but I was open to the process. I was open to, to what he had to say. So I continued seeing him. I started doing group therapy, hearing others and that whole process. And, you know, here I am almost, you know, December will be six years. And it, if I just think of my life, if I think of my life now, I'm just so mm-hmm. blessed, fortunate um, that I was able to kind of get out of that dark hole that I was in. And, uh, you know, my, you know, I have a beautiful three-year-old daughter who's never met daddy, uh, never met drunk daddy. Cause I got sober before she was born. My re- yeah. relationship with my wife is, you know, we still fight with like any relationship, but it's never been stronger. My relationship with my family, you know, just who I am, my yeah. career, uh, my, my athletics, like my, like I, I got really into sports. Yeah. So it's like, if I just look back, it's like my life 
it has never been, I've never felt so happy in my life. And it's funny because mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, I used uh, drugs and, and alcohol to feel a certain way, right? You want to feel good. You want to feel confident. Correct. That's your cha- you're chasing that, like that feeling. And that's why, that's why I drank. Like I said, I was, a, yeah. I was a social drinker. So I wanted to feel a certain way. And, and like mm-hmm. the feeling that sobriety has given me, I, I, I'm, I've never been more confident. Like I've never been more confident. I've never it been. It beams out of you. Oh, Honestly, yeah. You're I confident. I feel but it. in a good way. I feel it. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I it's know amazing. because confidence and arrogance, like I'm definitely not arrogant. I have like, I honestly take pride in the fact no. that saying it, saying it makes me sound maybe a little arrogant, but I really not at all. I feel like I, I, I don't have an ego. Like I don't. No, you don't. And, um, and anyways, that aside, I just, I'm just really happy how things worked out. And that's why I'm so vocal. That's why, that's why it's like, I'm so vocal now, right? On my Instagram account, you know, I, I just, it's I want wonderful. others to I'm know. There. It's it's enjoyable to watch. I like it. <laughs> well, why do you think we have the show? Out there. Yeah. 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 It's like I want so, other. Did like, you? You're a marathon like, runner, right? Yeah. You're a marathon runner? So I got. I okay, am. Well, I, I did, just, were I you got a into marathon it. runner before? No, I hated running. No? I hated running. I never ran. <laughs> well, tell us. Good. Uh, ditto. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> I hated running. It's That's funny. I, so I played a lot. Of, I played a lot of like sports growing up. A lot of hockey played, you know, c- very competitive hockey. Yeah. In Canada, everyone plays hockey. So I play a lot of hockey. Of course. <laughs> a lot of team sports. But if I'm being honest, I thought running was for, was for the unpopular uh, people. Like the, you know, you're running on your own for so long. I had no interest in running. Zero. And I got into running in my, just before my third year of sobriety. Just before my well, third no. year. And, um, I had a, a friend mm-hmm. who was a Ironman athlete, like an incredible athlete, one of my, my best friend. And he was like, Luke, you know, yeah. and, I, and I was kind of like doing a lot of exercise. Like I used to work out a lot, even when I was drinking, like in my drinking years, yeah. I, I was always in the gym. Uh, you know, I always, you know, I always had a, a good job and I, I care, I, I managed to kind of survive and not let it affect my work too much. So from the outside, I didn't really look like again you know, an alcoholic or somebody struggling with alcohol. So, but, um, but I hit it. Uh, that's kind of the problem. I was really good at hiding it. I was really good at, you know, other than, you know, the, mm-hmm. the immediate family or, or my wife or my girlfriend who would see those really bad episodes. Like my friends, half mm-hmm. of them didn't know I struggled with alcohol. So anyways, to answer your question about running, it's like, yeah, I got into running and it, that just completely changed my sobriety, my outlook. Uh, on you know my, my, my mindset it's been mm. the best thing like mm. running and it provides so much structure like i really got into it, it. Does. Like, if i'm gonna start if i'm gonna start running i'm gonna really take it seriously and um and like i said i didn't have much running mm. experience but i just like my my personality is very much zero or a hundred percent if i'm gonna do something i'm gonna i'm either gonna do a hundred percent or i'm just not gonna do it so it's like this running thing it's like i took it as a hundred percent because i started liking it I got a, I got a coach, yeah. a virtual coach who just helps me with my plan. Mm-hmm. So every workout is structured and then I just been working so, so hard at it and I just love it. Mm. And, and it's provided me so much clarity. Um, and, and I really feel that, that sobriety and, and athletics, sport, anything, they go, they like, go hand so in hand. well, they go hand in hand. 
and my sober community and my running community, I'll tell you right now, they're the most positive, um, you know, self-aware, open-minded, uh, you know, welcoming, non-judgmental. And that's the running community too. It's like you're seeing somebody run. It doesn't matter how fast you run, how long you're running. You just you're putting your shoes on. You're getting out the door. Same with sobriety. We don't care if you've been sober zero days or a thousand days. It's just you have that mutual respect and that understanding. And or where you came you that, like, from, you know, it's been amazing. Mm. And the display of endurance. Yeah. So when you say your sober community, who who do you mean? Not not referring to who specifically, but do you have, do you have a program? Do you talk with people? Do you meet people? Do you consider Instagram? Like what is your sober community? I would say my sober community is predominantly my Instagram sober community. The people that, uh, Mm -hmm. that I've connected with a lot on Instagram. I've, I've kind of been on Instagram for the last, uh, you know, 10 months on Instagram about sobriety, mm-hmm. creating this account, sharing a lot. And I've, and I've connected with so many amazing people. I consider one, my, my, my close friends, honestly, we haven't met in person, but we're, we're, we're messaging each other. And it's like I said earlier, it's, it's that mutual respect and that understanding um, that we have with each other. So, so my sober community is, is for sure my online community. Um, and I like, I've met some, some great friends, you know, we talk on FaceTime or video often, you know, uh, we've gotten to know each other pretty well. We're 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 we're, we're kind of inspiring and, and bringing people up. You know, if I've had a, a bad day or I was thinking about something, I'll give you an example. When I first started talking about my sobriety, um, you know, in this moment of empowerment that I was feeling, sharing, um, there was a part of my story, the drugs, that I didn't want to talk about because that was I was so caught again, caught up with what how people would take that and receive that. Sure. So, so I didn't share, I, I didn't talk about the drugs for, you know, about, about six months of the 10 months that I've been doing, uh, that I've been so open. And I was messaging, you know, mm-hmm. Brad, one of my one, uh, very good friend that I met in this community. And he was like, hey, look, that's totally fine. Like when you're ready, like he wasn't saying, hey, you should do it. He was like, when you're ready, uh, you'll right. know if you're ready. And just being like how like open he was and made me feel comfortable. And, and of all people too, my wife, I was talking to my wife, Lisa, and I was like, hey, what do you think of me talking about the drugs? She's like, look, I mean you should yes because that's your story and i was like okay so it was the community just like the people online has been amazing i never knew about this community until i started kind of yeah. reaching into instagram but my sober community yeah. it, it, that's that's a huge part of it i have a handful of friends yeah um growing up that are sober mm-hmm. so they're 1000 percent part of the community oh, you know we talk where i see them at a, a wedding and it's so nice to see that hey you know we're sober together we get it and and honestly, I would say that my community is people that I meet uh, in person instantly. I was at a restaurant the other day, and I was ordering an non-alcoholic beer. The waitress was also sober, so she we became instant friends. No kidding, instant friends. So, I, like, we that makes sense. Out, hey, uh, instantly. So the community is not just this online thing. It's not just your old friends who are sober. The community is is anybody who's not drinking, who is um, looking, you know, just just someone who's you know, um, um, you know, like that positive vibe, kind of not drinking. I'm sure there's people who don't drink that are still grumpy and they're just miserable. And you know, they're old yeah, folks. It's like, yeah, I don't really have. Hey, a lot of people don't right? do the work. 
you know, exactly. yes, and that's the good thing. But a lot of people are not exactly. open-minded. They exactly. don't want to do the work. Exactly. It's painful. It so, is. It is so painful. I mean, we could yeah. pray for it is. It's very painful. And and that's why I'm so curious. Like, cause my, me personally, I, I did the 12 steps and I mean, I don't know what I would have done without them. I mean, that's just my experience. You know, yep. everyone has a different experience, but like yep. being able to get all those things out that I had to get out through this program, you know, there's a, there's a whole process and it, it really worked well for me because I needed to, to find that place within me that was like, okay, like the humility, the people I wrong, you know, so I'm just curious, like, were you, you know, did you work with a therapist? Did you just work on yourself individually by yourself, just like through the years, you know, kind of gaining your person back, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, it's different for every person. For me, what worked well for me is that I did, so therapy, um, I did a lot of therapy yeah. and then gr- group therapy. Okay. My therapist had, had recommended me mm-hmm. to, uh, uh, it's called CAM H C A M H center of addiction mm-hmm. and mental health. So I did, I did mm-hmm. some group therapy there and that was very eye opening, right? Not feeling alone, yeah. which was so important. But then after that, I did, I did a lot of it on my own. I mean, and I'm not saying like, that's probably not the right way to do it because I did struggle a lot. I really did. And uh, if I can't, you know, looking back or, I mean, I don't have no regrets because I feel like everything brought me to this moment, including all my very, I like your mindset, but, um, but I think that like the advice I would maybe have for somebody, it's, it's like, like lean into that community, get involved with that community early, um, Mm -hmm. you know, early and, um, and be proud of your sobriety. I was so embarrassed Mm. with my sobriety. Mm. Nobody knew I was sober. Cause I would just avoid it or I would just mm. never talk or make excuses. Uh, like I'd make excuses. And when I came out about my sobriety, I was five years. So that's when I hit my five year mark, the five year anniversary, December 31st. Mm. Uh, and then like January 6th, I created this account. I started talking and, and so many of my friends, colleagues, uh, you know, had no idea that I wasn't drinking for that amount of time. It's like five years. Like, look, what are you talking wow. about? I saw you, I saw you, I saw you at a restaurant the other day. You were drinking a beer. I'm like, that was a non-alcoholic beer and I didn't make a, I didn't talk about it. I just avoided it. Like I didn't want everyone to know cause I was so embarrassed. But then as soon as I created oh, wow. this account and I started opening up and just sharing and it gave me so much, it gave me so much confidence and, and mm. uh, it's really, I talked a lot about, uh, talked a lot about this is that I had an identity shift. So sobriety became part of my identity, like identify as a sober person. And when I did that mm. shift, mm-hmm. it, it like, changed it just immediately changed and i like i i don't i want others to know you don't need to be sober for five years to make that shift you could be sober like one day like right now make that shift like you're sober like you're a sober person you can do this it's gonna be hard it's gonna be so hard but you can do this and it's gonna be the best thing you'll ever do for yourself well said my good squire well said. Oh, and let me just say, when I mentioned old fucks, I meant it as a synonym for fellow. I didn't mean it as an insult. But, um, you know, it's wonderful to see a guy like you at six years sober speaking so confidently. You know, I almost think that we as the recovery community should be registered as a subspecies of, of alien because we don't think the way that the normies do 
as a whole. And, uh, you know, I said it as well to some other people whom we've had on the show, uh, collectively alike, that when we talk to someone who is in recovery and has been a former addict, it's almost as though they have not had any addiction before because of how well they have recovered in their journey. And I'm sure that must have been your perception as well when you first either walked into a room or when you got involved in the recovery community in the first place, meeting someone like Alex, for example. I mean, how beautiful is that girl? But I mean, she's not... She's amazing. Gorgeous. But not in the least, not in the least, will she ever tread back and not talk about the horrors that she suffered and about the horrible realities of uh, addiction. There are some knowledgeable people. And can I use another prime example? Take a look at this beautiful blonde right here. She can qualify as the next generation of Marilyn Monroe. She smoked meth for many, many years. And she also had a tarot time, and she spoke, speaks openly, rather, about it. And this is what I love most about the process. The end goal, obviously, yeah. of course, is to stay stopped and to enjoy this new life. But we continually learn. And there's a measure of fearlessness that has to start taking over. You agree with me on that one? Totally. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I could not agree more. And um, I, I, what I'll say is um, it's like the people who, like the, like the addicts that you're talking about, right? Like I was an addict 100%, mm -hmm. right? Daniela, yeah. like, like I, I, Alex, like so many people in this community, they're, they're so... Like anyone who's struggling with this kind of stuff, you need to know that you're a special person because when you when you commit to something, like when when you're addicted to something, like you have so much in you that like energy and like you, you'll do anything for that thing. If you shift that that power, that 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 motivation or whatever that that thing is that 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 makes you so addicted to the thing, when you remove that and you, and you heal and you get over that, and you just put that energy into something good for you, for you, mm. it's amazing mm. what, what you're going to achieve. Amazing. Right? Like then, yeah, look at you. You, you have this, such a successful podcast. Like you've shifted that energy into something good for you. Alex, right? She, she's in, you know, into sports and she's very uh, much. into athletics and very much in, into bodybuilding and she's killing it. And she's got a very, you know, the silver active Canada movement that she's doing. It's she, correct. Yeah. Silver active Canada. And, 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 and we're all kind of like, the, the people who struggled the most thrive the most in, in this. Exactly. And, and it's, and it's not like a, a, a switch and it's so easy. Like it takes time. Everyone's story. Is different. It takes, everyone's way to get there is different, but the end result is that yeah. these are the people that are thriving the most. Um, Rich roll, you know, love this guy, ultra marathon. He's huge. Like just reading about him and, and watching him, he struggled. He he didn't think he didn't think he was going to make it. He didn't think he was going to yeah. make it. And, and he had a post that I recently shared. He's like, I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't reach my athletic peak until I was forty three. I didn't start my podcast until I was forty six. You know, I I didn't. Uh, what's the other thing he said? It was all these I things that, that you do in your cool. late forties. And it's mm -hmm. like how yeah. how inspiring is that? It's like. Just Very. because, Very. you know, we're getting older doesn't mean that our times, like our, our prime is past us. Absolutely not. So as you get older, you get better. You don't get worse. You know, I had a similar conversation with Danny in the week. Um, if there's one big insult to society, and especially in the business world, there's this crap that you call a sell by date. 
Now, I'm sorry to say, people aren't a carton of milk that goes bad. So there's no such thing as a sell-by date. You either grow or you become stale. And I'm talking about in skills now. But I'd also like to go out on a limb here and say that you can even become stale if your thinking doesn't evolve. Yeah, oh, yeah. But I'm That's speaking about for sure. the better, not for the worse. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Either way, though, it, you know, it, it's that's the, you know, having 16 years in recovery now, the thing that wow. I've noticed the most in, you know, staying sober, because uh, I couldn't stay sober one day, not even one single day in over 15 years, every day I had to have something, you know, so being able to live now that amount of time without something, I I would not have been able to do that if I didn't keep growing and seeking out, you know, my soul more, you know, just getting deeper and listening more. And, um, you know, I, I love going on Instagram because it's a, a lot of the new people that mm. are getting sober, like um, in their first year. And, and that is the most exciting time, you know, the first 10 years it's, like the pink cloud and, you know, of course there's times where it's not going to be as bright, but, um, cause that's a lot of years, but you know, you, you look at these people and they're just, you see the light in their eye and it's so amazing, you know, but after 10 years, um, it's not like it's a, a set date or something, but I notice I've kind of changed, like, as far as if I kind of just rest on my laurels just a little bit, I'm talking about physical activity, my health, which I have horrible health. Um, I'm working on uh, you know, the, all these things. It's that disease is sitting in there and it's doing pushups and it's literally knocking on my door saying like, it's okay. You can have a beer. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. And you don't know where uh, these thoughts are coming from. And it's because you, you're, you're sober 15 years and you don't really think about yeah. it anymore. It's not something yeah. you worry about. I mean, yeah. it, taking the action is a lot different. But you, like you just think like these thoughts. So you have to keep your mind growing constantly. You know, that's why I do mm. this. Because I get to talk to yeah. interesting people. There's no, um, I don't get anything out of this. I just get to meet with Chris every week. He's one of my best friends. I get to meet new people. And you just, you have to just keep learning, you know, about yeah. the disease, about helping people. And, and are you helping a lot of people with your Instagram? Uh, uh, like you probably I, get a lot of comments, right? Honestly, Daniela, thank you. Thank you for, for sharing that because, you know, again, going back to listening, like a, a hundred percent, I've been listening a lot to different people and it's kind of helped me a lot. But, um, mm -hmm. but the, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, That's okay. not taking it for granted, not taking it for granted. Yeah. Um, a hundred percent. You cannot take this for granted every day. It's a conscious decision every single day that we're making. Yeah. And, and your thought, Daniela, mm -hmm. about the beer, I can have a beer. Oh my God. I think about that a lot, maybe not every day. But uh, certainly uh, when I'm walking, you know, the areas with all the restaurants and people on the patios and it's a sunny day, I think to myself, just like you, Danielle, I have been sober for so long. We, we've been so good. Like, you deserve it. You can have a drink. You can have one beer. Like, come on. The madness um, of the first drink. So, so that, it's so that, refreshing. It's interesting. 
it is right but it's so interesting to hear that that you know someone like you who, who has a lot of experience here it's it, i guess it doesn't go away <laughs> it doesn't go away no. that voice no. right no. um so that's interesting that's that's interesting but uh so w- i know you asked me a question but i want to ask you a question back have you reached out what to you, other people and counsel them Oh, sorry. I was I was asking Daniela well, another question. What do you do when when your mind starts okay. racing about that? Well, one of the um, one of the things that I've done is like I don't have a, I'm not a, a church person or anything like that. I'm a spiritual person, and the only thing that really does help me a lot is helping others for sure because it yeah. takes me right out of myself. I can hear their problems, and they're a lot worse than any that I have. Um, and as long as I'm doing that, I don't get those thoughts very often. Um, but if I'm constantly, um, looking like reading my, my prayer books in the morning, um, the, the AA stuff and some of the other stuff, I like the Al-Anon it's really good stuff. And there's, um, personal growth every morning. I listen to personal growth, nothing to do with addiction, just learning constantly about how I can, um, you know, learn more about myself and how I can uh, better myself and my soul, you know, Mm. I'm interested. Mm. And I think it's really just evolving spiritually is what has kept me sober because it's just as good, if not better than any drink or drug I've ever had, which is kind of weird for me to say, because I, I never had a God, never even been to a church, you know, like, or had any relation with anything higher than myself. I didn't, there was, I, I didn't even realize what the word hope was. It just wasn't something that I even thought about. But wow. now it's like, I see it. I, I know when it happens. I know when these things, I can just go, oh my gosh, that was meant to be. I, you know, I just, that's okay. I'm just going to leave it to God. I don't have to worry about it. It's not, it's none of my business. It'll be what it's going to be. I don't try to control people anymore. I don't try to, um, tell them what the right way to do things is, you know, and that was a big thing. I mean, for alcoholics, we like to, um, we're kind of manipulative and we're a bit narcissistic. So we like to tell people, you know, we're the leaders of the group always. Right. And so Mm. we want to, we want to direct and we want to push everybody and, you know, we want to put the actor in their place and then, you know, we want to call the shots and that's hard for people like us not to do that. So yeah. as I've gotten old, you know, older in my sobriety, I just, I've just totally just stepped back and truly have become a different person. I mean, really, I wow. became a different person when I stopped doing drugs, selling my body and, um, you know, carving holes in my chin. But now it's like, I'm not even a person that needs to be in the spotlight anymore. I have to force myself to wow. do these reels. But it, it's it's such a different human being. It's just like, you know, I don't look, I don't um, do the same things, you know, they're just, and I think it's just part of getting, you know, the years wow. go by and you evolve and you become, you know. And I love like that. that. So yeah, we, we, should connect, we should connect, we should connect, we should connect more. Uh, I'm really, that's awesome. Um, I, I'm 38. Yeah, yeah I'm, th- I'm 38. Okay. Uh, and uh, also while you're talking, I was thinking, you know, how many years have you said you're sober? You said how many? How many years 16. sober? Sixteen. Sixteen. I I can't yeah. even imagine how just society I find like come a long way 
even the last five years, like in, in Toronto and Canada, like mm. you won't very rare you'll see a restaurant or bar that doesn't serve non-alcoholic. We go in our LCBO, mm. which is yeah. where we oh, buy yeah. our booze, and there's non-alcoholic sections. Like they're getting bigger and bigger. And this Toronto's always been a very progressive city. I find in my research, it is. But but I can't even imagine being sober 16 years ago and just like how different like that anyways that that, that I, like today it's like i find it's like we, it's like cool to be sober like it, it's 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 getting to that point yeah. where being oh. like if you start saying i don't drink people are going to be like that's cool uh i or my cousin doesn't drink or what like it's getting more like mainstream <laughs> i don't know if that's the right word really? but it's getting more like common it's absolutely so, like, true and, and and it like that's uh it, it makes it's making it easier and that's why like people like you Daniela who've been you know so you know vocal for so long and sharing and this podcast it's like it's getting the the, the, the break help breaking the stigma slowly but surely and that's that's mm. that's a beautiful oh, thing yeah. that, because it makes it makes like even people like me like so much easier because there's for example there's these other accounts that I've been following they've been doing it's like hey if this person can do it and like they're confident like I can see like I, I like I look at them like wow like it's incredible like I want to be like that and I'm hoping that you know mm -hmm. there's some people that are following me like friends friends of friends and it's not even people that are responding to me it's like I feel like sometimes I'm so surprised at the of the message I'll get from somebody who's been say following me for a, yeah. a bit and hasn't said a word. And then all of a sudden they're like, so I'm always thinking about that. And like, I'm always thinking about it's the person that you're, you're, you're that's listening or, or, or inspired by you that, that, that doesn't say anything to you. Um, and I'm sure like a yes. lot of people think I'm crazy. <laughs> a lot of people think I'm crazy and that's okay. <laughs> sometimes I wake, sometimes I wake up and I think I'm crazy. You Google, you Google my name. I'm all over the internet as the sober person. Right. I, I take my career very seriously. Um, and it's like, you know, mm -hmm. what's the risk there? And um, anyways, mm -hmm. it's like the more I'm sharing, you can tell I'm really passionate about this. Right. Like uh, I, are, I'm not, you are, I'm, not no making, I'm not making any I'm not making any money here. My intent is not to make any money here. I'm doing this from my heart. This is a passion project that, I'm, that I'm, mm -hmm. I had no idea this was in me. I had no idea I would be so excited to talk about this. Because I know it's life changing. That's why yeah. it's life changing. So the more I've been like talking and sharing, the more it helps me. Mm -hmm. The more it helps me. Just like you said, Danielle, You're the right. more it's helping yeah. you. The more it's helping me. And then you get those occasional messages from people, and they're just like, you know, in their own way, they're saying thank you and and, and keep going because you're helping me. Like that, that, it, that gives me so much. It gives me so mm. much. That's the that's that thing that I was talking about. That it's like a. It, it's like a, it's such a, a feeling that you get, you know, when someone, when you actually help somebody, whether it's um, by your videos or just in the store talking to them because they're about to get a drink or whatever. Uh, it's yeah. that feeling. It's like a, it's a, it's a spiritual thing. I mean, you know, one person helping another to not die is pretty fucking spiritual. Excuse my language, you know? And, and that's what I'm talking about. The, the depth and the weight you've got it. Alcoholics, we need depth yeah. and weight. You know, we need substance. We we yeah. are intellectual beings that are very um, complicated, and but we're good people, and we we thrive off of you know helping people, and and that's how we that's how I stay sober mostly. Correct. And look, if anyone ever tells you that you're crazy, retort with this: 
The distance between madness and genius is measured purely by success. Cool. I like that. I, I like that. <laughs> I like that. And another thing that kind of came to mind when you said that was, it's, um, it's, well, how does it go? It's better to be consistently good than occasionally great. It's better to be consistently mm. good than occasionally amazing or great. Like every day, it, it, like, right. It, it's a, it's, it's a check in with yourself. It's, a, it, it's every single day you work on it. And same, like, I'll give you an example of my check up right? from the makeup. Yeah. Or it's like my running. I take pretty seriously. Like, I love it. It's a hobby. Mm. Let's be serious. It's a hobby that I really enjoy. For me too. Like, I love it. You, you're, are you a runner too, Chris? Two kilometers every day. See, that's oh it. Oh my God. That's, that's wow. How long have you been doing that, Chris? Two months. That's amazing. Two kilometers every Why day. Why didn't I know about this? That's awesome. And how are you liking it? Well, you know what? I did it purely for mental health. Um, I've struggled with depression in the past for, for a myriad of reasons. But uh, someone said to me, try running. Um, one of my advisors in college was a champion athlete, powerlifter. And he said, if you want to survive in this business, you've got to keep your fitness up because it's fast-paced, consistently every given day, and especially as technology has marched forward. I'll save you that detail. And uh, I just relocated to the mountains about three months ago, and there's a beautiful path spanning from my house in a th almost a 360-degree circumference, and I had this measured on one of these runner apps that it's two kilometers uh, to and fro, which takes me about 10, 15 minutes to run in totality. And uh, I have to tell you, uh, Luke, when you start, you begin with that brisk walk to warm up, and then it goes when it goes to that flat-out run, everything just falls away. But when I walk into my house afterwards, whatever crap and muck I was feeling, it's just <laughs> dissipating. And it's almost spiritual in the sense of when I've got, gotten that physical motion out of the way, now I can concentrate on my day. You with me on that? Oh, Oh, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. And the, uh, the, why I'm running so much and why I like it is what it does for my mindset and my, and my mind and my patience and uh, like so many things. And if the mm. days I don't run, the days I don't run, I mean, like recovery is very important, like not, naturally running and stuff, naturally. But not ob obviously, but like the days I'm not running, um, or I can't do a run for whatever reason, like I'm more irritable. I'm telling you right now. It's like having coffee, you know, yeah, it's you have a coffee in the morning, like you're going to go all morning with a one, like a coffee, like that's crazy to me. Like I love coffee. So I have one, I want coffee a day and I need my coffee, but it's like, if I don't have my running is like my coffee, if I don't have my coffee, it's, and it really is like my therapy. So Correct. To you, Chris, starting out with the 2k, doing that consistently. I mean, that's mm. whoever advised you is a very good, smart person. And, uh, that's, that's awesome, Chris. So continue, continue doing that. And you're going to see as you're continuing every day doing the two kilometers, it's going to start getting easier. And then maybe you'll up it to two and a half or three kilometers. And you'll that's see. The plan. Just add, it, that's the it, so it, it's, it's consistent. It's a consistent thing. And you're going to look back. The funniest and thing like, happened. Wow. The funniest thing happened when I began running. I developed abs. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> that fast? Two months? Wow. That, that's, that's pretty good. That fast. <laughs> You're freaking Superman, bro. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you, do you still do weightlifting apart from the running? 
So I, I, I like to say I do. I don't. It's like recently I just, I ran a marathon, the Toronto marathon, October 16th. So the last little bit, it's like you're, I'm running, you know, 140 kilometers a week. It, it's a lot of running. I know I should sure. be doing some, some cross training, wow. but uh, that now it's off season. I just, I just, right. I've had my last marathon of the year. I, um, I have four races scheduled. Mm-hmm. Like a couple of days later, I started getting, you know, the marathon blues where you kind of like have this one event that's like control like you know a huge part of what you're doing every single day is like this marathon then once it's done it's like okay well what now so i signed up for four Mm -hmm. races in 2023 um so now that's kind of off season i haven't ran since the marathon i'm I'm taking i'm big on recovery i train hard i recover hard i'm planning on going at least two weeks Mm -hmm. without any running and as a runner that's a long time so yesterday (laughs) slow my easy bike so i'd like to do some more i'd like to do some more weights uh this this winter to kind of keep my you know my strength it's important to maintain right mm. you, you got to keep your Very strength much. injured it's so easy to get injured yeah. in, in running i was a, any sport i was a rugby player when i was in my teens and i broke my knee and uh, i find that with the running that tendon that i had damaged starts to act up again but with weight training thankfully it helps to keep that in check. It's one of those. It's yeah. one of those. Uh, if you like, pull a hamstring, for example, that condition will always be there and it will flare up. But if you at least take care of it m- yeah. moderately, in moderation, yeah. Yeah. the risk is low that you won't be able to uh, exacerbate it and then ultimately tear that muscle and uh, uh, cause a greater medical issue. And I just yeah. asked out of yeah. out of curiosity because how my day goes is I run my own business, meaning that certain time in the morning, go for the TK, recuperate for let's say six hours, then in lunch uh, after my lunch break or whatsoever, then I hit the weights, do a nice forty five minutes, sweat a half a liter out on the exercise mat, then absolutely nothing can go wrong, and I don't wake up stiff. Beautiful. None of it. Beautiful. That's awesome. But it's. It's, it's, there's something for everybody, much like recovery. If you want to run, that's it. That's fine. And you feel like your body can handle that exclusively. Great. But there's nothing wrong with combining. It all depends on your mindset. And then of course your body type, you know, you get endomorph, mesomorph, ectomorph. So it all depends on your body type and of course your schedule, especially as we have gone, as we have integrated back into society after the hard lockdown. You know, Luke, well it's so it's so hard because with when I first got sober, I would run and running was a big part. And I never ran in my life and I loved it. I was fit. I, I couldn't even believe the way that it would make me feel. I could run farther than I ever dreamed of running. And it was just I put on that that trance music and just run, you know, and it was so yep. such a great feeling. I would run around the neighborhood with a tire big truck tire and a plastic suit. You know, I was really athletic. Wow. I was a stunt yeah. woman for movies, right? So oh, wow. dirt Very bikes, cool. everything. I was just, but now like in my 16 years of sobriety, I'm dealing with a really bad health conditions. Like I've got a lot of things. I don't want to go through the list, but yeah. so now I can't use weights. Um, they tell me everything I can't use, but I don't really think of it like that. Um, the one thing that I can do is swim. That's the one and yep. I've 
you know, it's been, it's been tough to, cause there's a lot of time, you know, like you have to manage your yeah. time and you have to take care of yourself. And I've been thinking a lot about that lately. Why the hell am I doing this or posting this or, um, doing something that I don't need to do when I really need to just swim because it can yeah. really get to you. Like I was in the bed last week. I couldn't walk, you know, like I have a spinal um, arthritis and I, um, I, I walked a certain way and, and it was done. I was like in the bed for four days. Um, and then it's like, you start to get really get depressed. So, you know, when, as you get older, you deal with different issues, you know, like I never had these issues in, in my younger sobriety years. I was, I thought I was just like, I thought I was when I was using and drinking, like I'd last forever. So now, and I find that a lot of people as they get older, you know, they're going to come with some medical issues, but you know, even when you take good care of yourself, like I did, I've always mm -hmm. eaten really healthy and, um, um, my husband is a strict built bodybuilder. Like he's really, so I've always been really into, but now I, you know, you, ha you face challenges is what my point yeah. is in sobriety as the yeah. years go by and stuff that you never imagine, but just as much as of the stuff that I never imagined going wrong, there's so much more that I did not imagine that was a miracle, you know, and every day that, um, that we're here. It's like, all we can do is just stay in today. You know, I, I know mm. that I I'm going to yeah. have issues later in life. I know I'm going to yeah. suffer. I suffer every yeah. day, basically. I have chronic pain, but I don't take anything for it. Wow. And, um, and it's hard. It's really hard, but it's like, we are so lucky. I think of all the shit that I've done in my sobriety that I would, that I would never have been able to do. I never even thought about traveling the entire world. You know, I've, I've traveled a lot with my folks. They were in television and we traveled everywhere. But now it's like every year I go to, like I'm going to Greece, I'm going back to Bali because that's my favorite place. But um, awesome. it's just like the things that we, the things we get to do, you know, it, it's yeah. truly amazing. So yeah. just keep doing what you're doing. Like you're on the right yeah. path. And the, the true, the real good thing about you, Luke, is that you have a great stage presence. <laughs> um, I guess I can say like, you really have a good message. It's clear. Oh, it's, yeah. um, up, it's upbeat and it's not corny. It's funny. It's um, knowledgeable. So, and that's why I asked you to be on the show because I was like, he's mm. kind of a cool guy. I think I want to get to know this guy, you know? So <laughs> what you're doing is, is working and, and it, it's, it's totally relatable. So I like to babble and that. I'm done now. <laughs> No, thank, thank you for saying that, Daniela. Thank you for saying that. And um, it's been like it's been fun. Like honestly, it's it, like I said, it, it's been a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. Um, it's helping me a ton. I feel like I'm you know helping a few people along the way. And actually, just just recently, like you know, I don't want to just do funny reels. Like, like that's fun, but like, where's the value? So I've been push. I've been pushing myself, kind of like, what else can I do? And, and yesterday. Mm -hmm. I, I hosted my first uh, man, man, men only uh, uh, support group uh, on Zoom just for men. That's and awesome. uh, we had our first meeting yesterday. Um, there were 12 people who joined, all, all people who followed me. Great. And uh, it, was, it was so amazing. Daniela, like, I don't know, just got lucky with these guys. Like, everyone was so connected. 
and it was, mm. it was like very, very much like cut from the same cloth. Like it was just, it was so refreshing. And we had one person who was 24 days sober. So it was a, kind of a mixed experience or mixed uh, journey uh, in sobriety. Wow. Uh, one person was 24 days sober and he was talking about this fishing mm-hmm. trip he had coming up with his buddies and he hasn't told them that he wasn't drinking. It's been 24 days and everyone was kind of behind this guy and just jumping in with different things, what to do, what they would have done, maybe done different. Like it was so, just to be a part of that, it was so uplifting. And I, I can't, you know, awesome. we're going to do them every two weeks, every two Mondays at whatever, eight, eight o'clock. And I can't wait. Like it's just that, that like uplifting kind of spirit of like helping each other. That's a sober community right there. And even though like I've been that sober is. for what, almost six years, just listening to these people, to these guys and like how we connected like it wasn't for camp, the camera, it wasn't for Instagram, it wasn't for the follows and the likes that like what happens with Instagram. It was just a genuine like, hey, we're all here for each other. And we ended up talking way more than we thought. It was like an hour, almost two hours we were talking. Um, mm. and my, I came back and my wife was like, you're still, you're still going? I'm like, yeah, it was, it was amazing. She's like, awesome. I'm so proud of you for doing that. So awesome. It's a men's group. To, yeah, it's a men's group. Exactly. <laughs> because I've seen so much. She has nothing to worry about. I'm seeing so many amazing women that are, you know, sharing and like, the, I haven't seen much for men and uh, I wanted to create like a space for men, for men. Cause it is different. You know, Clever thinking. men have a lot of egos and mm. pride and just like raising your hand to say you need help yes. is like for some people it's like, I can't imagine doing that, especially like, you know, half Italian. My dad was Italian uh, from Italy and uh, he, you know, he struggled a lot with alcohol and like, he, he he would he he couldn't do this and say I need help like he couldn't. Right. So like I think about my dad a lot mm. too in this in this thing and how he would you know he passed away um, in 2014 right around the time that my drugs got pretty bad he passed away and mm. now I think a lot like he would look at me and how he how proud he would be of me and, and it makes me feel and it makes me feel really good. Well, you know what. I think that is the best note to end off on. And Luke, needless to say, you've given us really so much. And Danny, I really want to say congratulations to you. You've really popped as a host tonight. You've (laughs) popped as a host. (laughs) 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 Folks, that has been Doing It Sober Live for this week. An extended thank you goes out to Luke Zerato from Toronto, Canada. I was just wanting to say at the beginning of the episode, Toronto is the home of one of the best radio duos. Humble and Fred. And um, we would like to thank you as well for tuning in. If you've missed out, you're more than welcome to check out the uh, on-demand of Doing It Sober Live, which is available on Apple Podcasts and wherever else that you get your podcasts to. I am Chris Nell. That's Danielle over there. That is Luke over there. Luke, grazie amico. Thank you so much. Wow. That was one he heck just, of an exit. He just dro- he dropped he dropped the mic there. I think he, he dropped the uh, dropped the phone. Holy crap, <laughs> so, uh, Luke! Thank you so much, and um, you know we'd love to have you come back on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Danielle. And we'll we'll connect. I, I want to hear more from from your from your side too. So thanks again for having me. You got it, and thanks everybody okay. that was live with us.